Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Episode number three. Welcome to the Tri Parenting Podcast with myself, Emma, and Themi. And we're here to talk about all things triathlon and family related. Today, with a focus on holidays part two, because we ran out of time last week to uh, talk about the whole topic. Sorry, how was your trip? <laughs> You're there. You've got your bike. I am. Everything is working. Thank goodness. I did have to detour via the bike mechanic because I'm still learning how to play with DI2. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time the other day on uh, YouTube videos trying to learn how to ride my bike. <laughs> and I learned how to index it, but I just couldn't quite get it right buttons specific buttons to press in a certain way it's actually not that complicated once you know what you're doing but it it is very complicated when you have no idea where to start goodness (laughs) i was adamant that the battery had run out because the light kept flashing red and i like delayed my bike ride by half an hour the day and i couldn't get the charger the light to stay on and i was like trying every plug in the house i'm just like oh look it's all connected like it's all fine in the end i was like i'm just going out if i run out of battery then i'll either just get off and someone can pick me up or i just have to go home in whatever gear it's stuck in and then i was talking to a friend and she was like no you're pressing the wrong button <laughs> it's this button and that red button has nothing to do with the battery oh, goodness. and then I pressed the actual button and it was fully green because I've obviously been charging it for a, a significant period of time and the reason the bus the light on the battery on the, on the plug wasn't lighting up was because it was full <laughs> it didn't need to be <laughs> on oh yes so um but it's good I understand now it's better it being full than empty yes absolutely and it doesn't weigh anything extra when it's full like a water bottle (laughs) so it doesn't matter that's very true how how are you Themi how's your day been it's going to start straight away with a low if you ask me about my day today because I had to go into the office I don't often since COVID go into work in the office and it brought it home to me how lucky we are now to have a pretty much free pass to work from home. It's lovely to be outside however the roads were just a nightmare coming home. The main motorway the M11 was closed didn't realize till I was in the car and quickly diverted to the back roads and it was just carnage. Lots of other people doing the same thing I came across an accident that had just happened with three cars piled up on a road to so huge queues. There were temporary traffic lights. It took me hours to make it home. That's why I thank my lucky stars that we are pretty much working from home most of the time now. Don't have to do that commute and risk traffic carnage, especially on a Friday night. No, that is not pleasant. I think a slight tip for you there is whenever I commute into the office or pretty much anywhere these days, always check Google Maps, always check it before you go, because especially with the motorway journeys and you've got training to do in the evening, you don't want to be stuck in the traffic jam. Obviously, you can't avoid it if it happens just in front of you. But if if you know in advance, then uh, you can either leave the office early or, or go a completely different way home. Yeah. But there are only so many options. Exactly. Good advice. Going slightly into a high about today as well. The reason I went in today was because we were evaluating some different battery electric cars at work and I had to drive a few, which was fun. 
So it was nice to get my hands on some whizzy products that uh, I didn't have to pay to get wow. to use. So that, that was good, but I would have much preferred to stay at home and not have to have that horrible commute. So they fast charging, fast, like speed wise cars, like nice cars or just generic? Uh, we were comparing Teslas with, with Fords uh, to see back to back. We had some things to evaluate, thinking about things we could do better. What did Tesla do better? Feeling their ideas. Exactly. <laughs> Edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the week has been a, it's been a moderately tough week training wise it's been reasonably uneventful one great thing that happened yesterday was it was a lovely warm evening and I was doing a turbo brick session so on and off the turbo little run in between back on the turbo turbo in the garden and my daughter was around and she offered to help pace me on the runs so she would ride off on her gravel bike in front of me it was maximum effort short four minute runs and so she she could very easily keep ahead of me on her bike, but it made me work that bit harder. And it was just great fun to be out there with my child hacking it around the streets. It made the pain seem a little bit more bearable. So that was that was a great training session last night. Oh, what a lovely thing to be able to do together. How did you tell her how fast to go? Just cycle as fast as you can or no, no, you slow down. <laughs> if she'd gone faster as she could, I wouldn't have been able to keep up. I couldn't. I mean, so she had to judge it. She'd look at me she'd slow down to my pace and then just push on a little bit and check I could stay with her which is absolutely perfect so she was enjoying Amazing. that she does enjoy seeing her father in pain she gets a real <laughs> buzz out of it a week or so ago I had a knot in my back where you get a really tight hard spot and a lot of YouTube videos about how to release it and I have had um, sports massage where they they find the lump and they press as hard as they can on it for 20 30 seconds until it releases but it is excruciatingly painful while they're doing it but you you put up with it because you know you're going to get relief we've got a massage gun and i asked eleni could you hold this gun on this spot try and get it to release because a couple minutes of that and it unlocks it and you, you feel instant relief so she'd watch my face lying down on the bed to know exactly when she got the right spot because it would be really painful and she'd see my face <laughs> contort in a, in agony and she knew to and if she was like slipping away from it and I was getting some relief she'd then quickly move, <laughs> move it back to where it hurts and she just was really enjoying that enjoying maximum pain dished out to her dad so there you go are you a pushy parent and she's getting her own back in some ways? Oh, I'm sure she's got a lot to get her own back for me. Dragging think... you around race tracks and race courses. and Plus generally that. embarrassing her in public. That's, that's what I, I enjoy oh, doing. Oh, I see. She's at that age now. Yeah, all through her life I've tried to do that. My dad did it to me. Could be walking down in the middle of the town where you're trying to be cool because your friends might be around and the last person you want to be seen with is your one of your parents he'd he'd put his arm around me or he'd lift up my hand <laughs> and say hooray just to utterly embarrass me I now do that whenever I can to my kids <laughs> <laughs> hopefully one day they'll pass it on not not breaking the generational cycles then just keep it in the family keep it going exactly <laughs> how about you how's your week been yeah good thank you it's been a taper week which has been nice after a, a hard week last week, 
So it means the shock back to system of working and back to training after the family holiday last week hasn't been quite so quite so bad as it can be, uh, the holiday blues. I am now actually calling from Poland. I flew out this morning, not too early a start. The airport was horrific. <laughs> the actual queues to check in luggage was fine, but I've never seen so many queues to get through security. It's just insane and then oh obviously and then you then had that number of people the other side so it was queuing for food and drink and toilets and yes but it was no rush I left a lot of time so I feel like I've just sat in an airport all day <laughs> um, but, but safe. Got, bike is safe and well and raring to go I've been out on it or be it very slowly with flip flops would have been a better option because the amount of stop starting <laughs> there are so many traffic lights here in Gdansk it's absolutely nuts so yeah cycling isn't really an option so I think I probably was out for about an hour and did about 20 minutes of cycling <laughs> but I registered I got a really cool like a baton ball as a present thing from the race entry so Eleanor was going to be very happy with the gift I got her <laughs> my freebie brilliant <laughs> yeah so looking really excited to race now it's not quite as hot as the UK so hopefully it'll stay that way hopefully we'll miss the showers on Sunday mm, so, so what's yeah, the big temperature because we are really sweating here today in the UK I mean I am sweating because I am on the fourth floor of an apartment block that when I drove up in a taxi I just kind of put my head in my hands and thought oh no what have you done um and I got to the bottom and realised there was no lift. So four flights of stairs on my own with a bike box is, is not possible. Luckily, I had a very nice taxi driver who obviously kept the meter running. But at that point, I didn't really care. He helped me <laughs> lift it up four flights of stairs. Oh, dear. Um, In another life so, would be ultra runners because a sport with less kit would be nice sometimes just a pair of trainers would be good yes but it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be and the bill from the taxi wasn't actually that bad given he'd left the meter running the entire entire time I'm fourth floor a hot sweaty flat with the sun shining on me but it's not as hot as the UK <laughs> that's good I am worried about the track session which I'm doing straight off this call it's going to be super hot. And, uh, Good prep for a miso. That's going to be hot there. So Well, that's absolutely embrace. right, actually. This is perfect heat training. I don't need to do what Alistair Brownlee does and cover his turbo with a sheet of polythene and put a heater inside in his barn to get some heat prep. I can just go outside. It is that's pretty good timing. Living down south and not living up in Yorkshire. That's true. <laughs> yep. It's probably snowing up there right now. Yeah. I actually tried out this week so with my eyes closed, <laughs> <laughs> which I had a very rare, very quiet lane the other day because I swam a bit later. And I was like, I know what, I'll try what Demi suggested. And it was really weird swimming with my eyes shut. But I did stick to the line, but I wasn't brave enough to do it for too long. <laughs> I'll take oh, that well as a win. Done. That's good. So remind <laughs> me, what, what's your breathing like in swimming? Are you... Do you stick to one I do side? Bilateral. bilateral. I, I do bilateral for easy and medium efforts. Mm. And then for fast efforts, I breathe to one side. Okay. And is that far, is that always the same side or can you breathe? Yes. 
unless it's in a race and I sums in my eyes or I can't yeah. see the boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll good. tell you on, on after Sunday whether what happened, depending on the sea direction and <laughs> waves hitting me in the face. So what, what have you seen the uh what the bay is like where you're gonna be swimming? Does it look sheltered or how like have no, you seen waves? Point. I went to the beach earlier to check in. I walked on the beach to check in and I didn't even look at the sea. <laughs> I was too worried about my bike, being on the bike, on the sa- on the beach with my bike. Yeah. I decided that was not a good combination of sand and chains and things pre-race. So I'll, I'll look tomorrow when I do bike check-in. <laughs> and is, it, is it a beach start? Do you know how, what the format's going to be? I assume it'll be running in, yeah and dive in and hope for the best (laughs) (laughs) it's not a massive start i think there's 10 pros women on the start list so it's a nice a nice number for my first this this will actually be my first open water start like mass start if you can call it mass start with 10 people since 2018 so it's a a nice way to break me in rather than hundreds of people swimming over the top of me (laughs) so it's important to know how far do you run before you dive in because if it's super shallow for for a long way you see people sometimes running diving and standing back up again running a bit more um, which I think could be quicker but you have I I guess you you want to know how quickly does it get deep you don't want to scrape your face either (laughs) when you dive in on on the bottom no I uh I'll go and settle that out tomorrow yeah I'm sure I'll see people practicing yeah I'll put, go for a paddle so how's this week been in terms of the taper what does your taper week involve really laying off intensity and well basically intensity and time but still keeping a bit of intensity in there just to keep mm-hmm. legs fresh so did a little bit of speed work running on Tuesday and a little bit of speed work Thursday on the bike and then the rest has just been easy. Obviously, today's just been a travel day, so I haven't really mm. done anything. Um, tomorrow, I am yet to be told. I'm not sure what my coach has in store, but it, I imagine it'll be a, an easy jog or something just to keep the legs moving a little bit. Mate. It's more of a mental thing, actually, the day before mm. race. Mm. I think just giving yourself something to do rather than sitting there all day waiting. <laughs> Panicking that your fitness is dribbling away because you're not doing anything. Yeah, it's nice actually just to have the time. Like I've actually just sat and watched some Netflix during the day today. It's like wow. I feel I feel really naughty. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, let's just sit. So actually, like pre-baby, I'd have been all like, oh, I can't just sit here and do nothing. I need to be out sightseeing or do do something. something. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I'll just do some work or oh, I'll just watch a bit of Netflix. It's mm. great. <laughs> it feels kind of naughty, like bunking off school because it happens so infrequently. You think, surely I can't just sit and do nothing and relax and watch a bit of TV. Surely there's something else I should be doing. It does, although I don't can't say I ever bunked off school. I'm a, a goody <laughs> tissue, so I can imagine what that feels like. <laughs> I, I didn't live my youth to its full. I mean, bunking off school. What else happened this week? I, I don't work on Thursdays. And I have my little girl all day. And I was really looking forward to spending the day with her. I was like, I've got so much to do to pack for tomorrow. And I ended up just doing bits in like piecemeal. And I got here and I was just like, I really hope 
I've got everything because I just wrapped packed so randomly <laughs> and it's so much harder trying to do things with a, a toddler in tow because they just don't understand and don't make get on with it or keep unpacking things as fast as you pack them. <laughs> mm. I hate packing so, for triathlon trips. There's just so many things you have to remember and so much kit. I've got I think- it quite down to a T. Like I'm quite efficient, but I am not efficient at all when I can't just do it. <laughs> I just need to just yeah. get on with it. Should we move on to holidays? Let's do that. So this is all about holidays with kids in tow. How do we do it? What are the ups and downs? What are the pitfalls? Let's see. This one is holiday related. Kids are involved, but they weren't traveling. So when I started Try, I qualified for Team GB age group as, as a middle distance triathlon. It was a European Championships in Romania. So I was very excited to get onto the team, booked up the trip, booked for my wife to travel with me, thought this would be exciting, be good to have somebody there. I didn't really know what to expect, having never done that with triathlon before. After I'd booked it all, we paid for the rooms, the flights. My six-year-old daughter, we found out her school play was going to be on the same weekend. Now there's a dilemma. It was a big deal. She was very excited about it. Had to work out, do I cancel this trip, which was hard to qualify for if I missed this? You know, that's that's it. It's game over. A lot of money invested. What's more important, my hobby or my daughter's school play? So there was a dilemma and a half. Her part was actually a speaking cave girl part. So quite a big deal. In the end, triathlon won out for me, but my wife stayed to watch the play. I traveled on my own. And that was the compromise. I did feel guilty and certainly called. And luckily the play was was videoed. So I was able to watch it back and we did it together. However, there was a moment of, oh my God, I'm an evil father. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Kids are supposed to come first all the time. What am I doing? But there you go. Oh no. It does. What the triathlon has thrown up dilemmas. She was fine. I might ask her about it actually, see if she can even remember. I'll update you next week. Open old wounds. <laughs> yes. <might> unleashing. <laughs> so, was it worth missing your daughter's play for? How did you get on? I was still very new to triathlon. It might even have been my second middle distance triathlon. I qualified with my first attempt. By the end, I was all spent on the one I qualified for. I wasn't quite ready to smash. The swim, actually. The swim is where it let me down. It was hot and it was there were no wetsuits allowed. My swim wasn't good enough to manage a middle distance swim, especially with no wetsuits. So I was very slow on the swim. Very good bike. It was a hilly course and I was absolutely fine on the bike. But then it was 35 plus degrees on the run. I ran okay, but I had, <laughs> I had a, you talked about your poo incident last week, not yours, but your, your daughter's. I had, a, I had a poo incident personally. I got diarrhea up to the point luckily i did manage to find a toilet that wasn't always a dead cert it was going to happen so on this run it was a four lap run half marathon around a very built up area in romania there were no bushes there was no vegetation i could just quickly go to i did the first lap and i couldn't see any toilets i kept asking at the drink stations please where where are the nearest toilets and people just shrugged said do you want a cup of water or not (laughs) oh my god this this is getting this is getting desperate must have been about five or six kilometers since i first thought i think i need i think i need a toilet (laughs) i think i really really need a toilet Uh, and i did manage to get to this portaloo there was one portaloo on the course except by the finish line but you couldn't get to the ones at the finish line until you went down the finish chute and came out there i thought i can't do that in case i crossed the timing mat and they think i've i've finished so oh, yeah, I, of 
So I didn't want to risk that. So I did find this toilet and the relief coming out of that portaloo, the one portaloo in the course, and having got that out of my system, I think I skipped out of that portaloo <laughs> and finished the race. And the time wasn't too bad for the run. So the race overall went well, except for the swim. And that, that meant I didn't place. I think I was 13. So was it worth it? I think for the experience and racing with the Team GB top on and gaining every race, you learn something. I learned an awful lot in that race. Also had uh, some good stories to take back to your daughter. She'll, exactly. I'm sure she'll that <laughs> we swapped two <laughs> stories. Because <laughs> kids, kids have lots of poo stories when they're growing up too. So, yeah. I think we were going to talk about eating and um, food, meal planning and eating times with the family holidays because as athletes, I know I am food orientated and I need to know when I'm eating and what I'm eating (laughs) and where. The where doesn't matter necessarily as long as I know when and what. (laughs) Totally agree with that. Which is fine when you're at home but not so easy when you're on holiday and especially when you're on like extended family holidays. So there's more than the immediate family to negotiate timings <laughs> with. I think you're, you've got some good examples, haven't you? With uh, your Greek heritage side who <laughs> likes to eat very, very late. <laughs> it's become more difficult since my training schedule starts very early in the morning and I don't have much spare fat, let's say, and I need to eat very regularly or I keel over, literally keel over if I don't keep on top of mealtimes and snacks. And my family live slightly more Mediterranean time than I do and get up slightly later. So all meals are later and particularly in the the evening meal, I can be quite late. And it does cause tension on family holidays with my parents and sister and brother-in-law and and we all get together so last year we had a a great celebration for my mother's 80th and we hired a big house and we had the extended family go to stay and it was it was really great fun however meal times were a problem and also bedtimes were a problem because they tend to get up later and stay up later in in the evening which is fun when the kids have gone to bed especially you get more grown-up time but I couldn't do that I was mid-season and needed to continue getting up early yes I'm trying to think was there a particular meal time I think the family got really annoyed with me generally because I'd have to start having my own meals at a reasonable time in the afternoon and cook myself something either that or I'd get very grumpy and be continually trying to get the family to to get cooking and get eating it can be very difficult we had a few few conversations after the trip about if we had to do it again we need to compromise more rather than both of us saying, well, this is what, when we're doing it, we always do it. And me saying, well, I've got to eat before this time. Yeah, I feel, I feel your pain. I had similar in the Lake District last year with family and I actually had a race the week at the end of the weekend. So obviously food is like so important that week as well. And especially not having late nights and being stressed the week before array so I was actually eating with Eleanor earlier on in the evening so it wasn't too bad and I was trying to get them to save me the food from the night before so I could have it the night after so (laughs) in most cases that was fine obviously I also didn't really want Eleanor to eat her dinner on her own I like to eat with her at home and then on holiday I think it's even more important that we eat with her 
but she does eat early compared to everybody else's normal normal eating time that's non-athlete non or parents I think parents do tend to eat earlier with their children where mm. they can but yeah when people are on holiday their schedules get later and later anyway as you say they mm. sit lying later and I'm still up at the same time every morning and I want to go to bed normally when they're sitting down to eat or not finish dinner <laughs> so it doesn't work for me going forward I don't don't know I just have to keep doing that I'm the odd one out so I'm, I'm the outlier I have to work out my own food and go do my own shopping my own cooking if I can't have leftovers yeah I mean I remember when my kids were very little that we'd have the same same issues even when I wasn't doing crazy triathlon training it was difficult to synchronize on family holidays where we had young babies and kids because their their routine is pretty much fixed and they get hungry earlier. I guess a double whammy of having a two-year-old and a training regime as well. Also the types of food. I have to eat a lot of carbohydrate and hence the choice of restaurant, quality of the food, it's important. And it's no good just grabbing a quick in a cafe, something unhealthy that isn't going to fuel you for the day. It has to be proper proper meals. Otherwise you just can't get through, through the day. Like, yes. like, even if it's a rest day, you seem to be some level of deficit if you've had a big day the day before. I eat huge amounts of food even on my rest day, just based on having you know, done a lot of exercise in the, the days leading up to it. Yeah, no, it is the yeah, type of quality and, and timing of food. Like for me, it's getting enough protein. I really struggle. I notice a difference in my recovery if I don't get enough protein in. So always adding extra protein to meals because the, the the normal amount of protein is is not enough so yeah that that is hard especially if you're then eating with everybody else obviously when you're catering for a lot of people more protein is more expensive hmm. but then I need, I need to recover properly to be able to train the next day so yeah, yeah sometimes actually doing our own food for the two of us earlier on it's just it's less stressful um, I don't get to eat nice food everybody else is having but I've accepted that that's what it has to be sometimes if that's how if I want to train and race like you were saying when's dinner going to be can we start cooking dinner mm. <laughs> I'm hungry can I help can I can I chop something <laughs> so we worked out with my family after let's say some tension I think it's important they realize they're not being judged for doing things differently but it's just you have needs and this thing we're doing is important to us and it doesn't work if it's not according to the you know our schedules. What we found is talking it through and talk, having the conversation before you meet up is important. Where What are the red lines? What are the expectations? What are the needs? I think the first time we kind of got together and had all of these special needs, I think they felt like I I thought this is the way to be, you know, to behave. And clearly what you're doing is is wrong and inappropriate. Um, but that isn't the case. It's just different. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's not, not judgmental at all, is it? It's just trying to a compromise between all yeah. parties involved. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on a more cheery note, I think I remember you saying something about one of your family holidays during lockdown. You um, were thinking of things to do with your girls <laughs> and uh, did a parody to a song like triathlon themed <laughs> I remember laughing at the video a lot it did yeah, it amusingly during lockdown before triathlon we did this thing each year where at the start of the year we'd write a family to-do list so we'd sit together with the kids and we'd think up things that we thought we'd want to do this year whether it's go to a theme park or go on a zip wire and one of the things was to do a 
a parody music video, <laughs> obviously. Doesn't everybody want to do that? Thought it would be fun. I think I probably saw, I think, it, what is it? Gangnam Style. I remember watching parodies of that on YouTube and thinking that's just looks like such a fun thing to do. Why don't we do one like that with the kids? And actually the first one we did was Gangnam Style. So we did a parody where you look at all the scenes on the music video and then you write out a storyboard and you work out how could you make that scene where the guy's in a lift that's closing, its doors are closing. How could we do that? We thought, okay, we'll use a car boot. We'll have a kid doing the dance inside the boot. So we worked out all the scenes and we'd go out with another family with kids a similar age and we'd, we'd film all these scenes with our take, with the kids all involved. And then I'd spend about a month editing it with the music and uh, over the top of it and you make this parody video so all the dancing <laughs> would kind of fit with <laughs> the music and then during lockdown where we were properly locked in our house and it was I think it was Easter where we had a two-week vacation from work and we couldn't go anywhere and it was great weather we thought why don't we do a triathlon parody of I think we selected Imagine Dragons, quite a well-known, famous video, uh, music video. So we did all the planning. We mapped out all of the different scenes that we could we could take off. And we worked out how to fit it around a triathlon race. We, we recorded it and, yeah, we put it onto YouTube. <laughs> completely bonkers. It's always worth watching the original video first to see how much attention to detail we paid if you just watch it straight up it just looks a bit bizarre why are they doing that strange thing <laughs> in the video but if you look at the original video you can see how we, <laughs> we used whatever they were doing whatever special message they had in their video how we turned it into a triathlon so yeah we can put a link it's still on it's been on youtube for a few years we can link to it either i leave it to you whether how, yeah. how you link in instagram or or how you want to do that yeah we can i can put it in the show notes but i would definitely recommend the watch it's 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 very amusing and hats off to you the amount of time it must have taken to come up with all of that is just just crazy other holidays that have involved an element of triathlon with family and tension is probably a good word to use we went to the lake district last year as one of our main family holidays but with COVID, we, we did quite a lot of vacationing in the UK and thought it'd be a great idea to check out the course for the Helvellyn Triathlon, which myself and six other club mates, we'd entered the Helvellyn Tri, which is a relatively extreme triathlon for the UK. None of us had done an extreme course before, so we we're all quite excited and nervous about it. So when we had a couple of weeks with, with the family a few months before the race, I grabbed the opportunity to pre-ride the course. I could swim in Ellswater. The run course was one I was really nervous about. It's a, a fell run and I'd never done a fell run in my life. And it's a nine, nine mile-ish loop and it goes up and down Halvelin. I was really keen to walk it with the kids so I could see there were some really technical sections. I think there's about a 200 meter uh, section near the top, which is pretty much a scramble. So the, the thought of racing up it potentially in rain, fog, wind, I wanted to have seen it for myself to know what it was going to be like. That was all good. Family was up for that. And I programmed the course into my Garmin and we, we started to make, make our way up. It's a long way. 
especially with with young kids who don't really understand why we'd want to walk for six hours uh, where there isn't even an ice cream van at the top so we went <laughs> steady we'd have to keep them entertained and motivated we had a bag full of candlemint cake pretty much and they were allowed to have some every every so often in fact lara sucked it so much she got she she pretty much gave her tongue a sugar burn probably a parent fail there because her teeth probably didn't have the best day out but that's the kind of thing we need to do to get them around anyway there's a very classic ridge up Helvalin called Striding Edge and my wife is from Cumbria originally and she was really keen to walk it she'd never walked Striding Edge and I hadn't quite realized Striding Edge and the edge that the route for the race goes up which is uh, squirrel edge are different so there are two ways up to the top and we got to this t-junction and i was looking at my garmin saying right we turn right here and amy said no we don't we go this way uh, we're coming to the good bit now the bit i've been looking forward to doing for 30 years since i left lake district and swore i'd come back to do I'm like, um um <laughs> I really need to or want to see the bit I'm going to be racing up in a few months' time. Uh, how are we going to solve this? And we were probably there. The kids were, were getting a bit restless. Which way are we going? We thought about splitting up and meeting at the top. But that's probably a bad idea. It's, you know, it's properly in the wilderness. People die on these, these ridges if the weather turns. So in the end, I'm afraid I won. But it did. It, it was quite tense. And even with the promises of coming back to do Striding Edge another time, it, it <laughs> I guess it's one of those times that you, you do, I think athletes who, who want to do well have to have or are by nature somewhat selfish. I guess there's no getting away from it. And this is one of those times, how much do I want to do well in this race? And what are the priorities? Did I do the right thing? I don't know. I was very glad to have walked that course and... All's well that ends well. We all had a fantastic day out and we will go back and do Striding Edge. So she did eventually <laughs> yeah. forgive me, but there were <laughs> there was a little bit of tension for a couple of miles after that T-junction. Anyway, the, the day was great. It was a six hour round trip just for the run course, walking it. And I was properly nervous about doing that race. However, it was the weather was good when the race came around and it's probably the triathlon I've enjoyed the most out of all of the triathlons I've done it was super hard super challenging but just brilliant I highly <laughs> highly recommend it well good and your kids have some good stories to say they've done the route the route as well or the run route anyway they do and the weather was so good the views were amazing from the top it was absolutely beautiful and I think they felt a real sense of achievement and when we suggested going up Scarfell Pike three days later they they were pretty adamant they didn't want to do go through that again that reminds me actually of last year when we were in the lake district a week before my race i said after a certain point in the week i wasn't going to go out and do the walks and i was just going to stay at home and I'd do some work, do my training, just chill out. And actually, I was I was really looking forward to this day of no children, no one in the house. I could I had some work I wanted to get done. I was on holiday, but you know, when you've just got things in the back of your mind that I wanted to clear out before I went back to work the next week. I needed to pack everything up to go home and get ready for the race. 
although I was going to miss a really nice walk, which I've, I love and I've done it before, it just wasn't worth doing it when I had an important race at the weekend. And then the whole family came down with a cough. Obviously, this was in COVID time still, so it's still having to do PCR tests. So then not only did I not get the day to myself, everyone was then at home and I had to look after Eleanor all day. Um, I didn't get any packing done, no work done, <laughs> no race prep done. <laughs> it's a complete 180. And I was in a really foul mood. And obviously, that's nothing I wasn't particularly proud of, but I just couldn't help it. I'd been I'd been looking forward to this day so much. And I'm not a particularly moody person, but it really got to me <laughs> that everybody was they weren't they don't think they felt ill, but they were just they had really bad coughs and they didn't have COVID. They all went off to get tests and they all came back negative. But the day they hadn't had the re, the results back in time to then go out for the day and do the walk. So they were all just sat around waiting <laughs> for the results. No. <laughs> On the plus side, I did manage to spend a nice morning or come morning or afternoon with her. I took her to a, a nice park, which I wouldn't have necessarily done, like an adventure playground. Just the two of us, so no no pressure just played played on that played by the lake played with some ducks and the waves <laughs> no things usually work out all right in the end don't they they do but it was it wasn't it wasn't what I had in mind but that's one of the things you have to learn as a parent I think is to accept things that life throws at you can throw more challenges at you than you're expecting and you kind of learned to not get quite so stressed out by them in the future yeah <laughs> building resilience I think what I'll end on a Hello, which has just occurred when we had to uh, just stop recording for a moment there. Our dishwasher, really worried it's on its last legs. And it's funny how you get used to appliances in your life and you don't realise how much you rely on them until they stop working. Because we were quite late getting a dishwasher. Now, I have no idea how we survived without one. Ours has decided if you put it on a certain cycle, it trips out. So all the lights and cooker and, and things <gasps> go off. And this morning... It happened overnight and, you know, lights weren't working in the house. We thought, oh no. And this morning I tried to switch things back on and they wouldn't turn back on. I thought, oh no, there's something seriously wrong here. But it, it turns out, we think it is just the dishwasher causing this problem on a particular cycle. And hopefully uh, a new dishwasher will fix it. But in the meantime, how do we wash all our plates? <laughs> Family bonding time. That's what they used to do in the olden days. It's time to chat and... You do the dishes, yeah. you do the washing, I do the drying, and you do the put, putting away. <laughs> kids don't know what's about to hit them. I mean, the funniest thing is when we're we're away with the kids in a log cabin or a, a, a apartment where there's there's no dishwasher. When they were younger, at least, they would love to do the dishes. Even camping, they'd see it as a real treat, and they get all soapy and have a production line going. Nowadays, now they're growing a bit older, they are not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's not good. We we have the opposite problem in that at home we have a really tiny dishwasher. Not only is it tiny, it doesn't really work. So we can only put certain things in it and there's no guarantee it's actually even going to wash them. <laughs> Whereas yeah. when we go, you know, when you open it in the morning and you take something out and it's just like everything's dirty still. Uh, 
it's not what you want to do in the morning but when we were away the other week the place we stayed in had like a massive dishwasher so we're like let's put the pots and pans in it's great there's no washing up <laughs> so that, that was a nice holiday treat <laughs> awesome great so any plans for the weekend other than track tonight uh we have some family coming there's the last weekend of training we're going to do a um a club simulated half Ironman swim because the club's going to outlaw Holcomb in in a few weeks and they're going to do a a 1900 meter group swim there's going to be a group going as fast as they can after a short warm-up for 1900 meters so I'm going to go along to that and see if I can keep up there are some pretty fast swimmers in the club so I might be literally hanging on people's feet literally holding on (laughs) to see if I can keep up so that that will be good on Sunday morning but I think my weekend is not going to be as a interesting as yours so uh, what time are you off on Sunday? 8am Polish time so I think that's 7am UK time so yeah quite very civilized start time. That is a civilized start that's great. Yeah challenge then tend to be quite quite nice times actually which is good. Awesome so on that note I think we're going to wish you all the best of luck for, for Sunday. Thank you very much and we'll catch up plan. afterwards with a race debrief. Awesome thanks Emma. Right. See you Bye. soon. Bye.